Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, wonderful. Good evening to you. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. Again, welcome to those of you and my friends out there in New Zealand and Australia. I know it's morning time out there. To my friends out there on the East Coast, it is almost bedtime for most of you, so thank you for tuning in. (laughs) And those out here on the West Coast, as always, I appreciate you as well. And so we are in the midst of a global movement here on the Lion, and the Lion, as always, is roaring for the good on the planet. It is the intention of this show to bring forth individuals and groups around the world that are bringing good to the planet. We tend to be in a society, in a media uh, that tends to propagate fear and blood and loathing and and separation and all sorts of craziness. And so um, with my connection with global transformational media, our goal is to emphasize our oneness, our unity, our collective good. And so I'm always on search for finding people that are doing great work on the planet. And in about a minute or so, I'm going to bring in on an incredible guest for you who has not only an incredible book, story, life, but just a really good-hearted individual on this planet. So for those of you that are just hearing the news, uh, Wayne Dyer passed away today. So feel free to um, keep him in your prayer work tonight, him and his family. Uh, for those of you that saw my interview or may have missed it on Listen Up, it was on Friday. You can catch that on my Facebook. You can just go on my Facebook uh, page and listen to that interview. Also, if you get a chance, you can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and get my new book, 90 Days of Heat, Freedom Through Moksha. And no, it is not a spiritual sexual book. <laughs> it is based on my 90 straight days of hot yoga and how I transformed on the mat from the inside out. And I share my experience with you, the reader. Uh, so that's exciting. Everything's going good today for everyone, I hope. And without further ado, my guest today is a complete inspiration. I follow him on Facebook. That's, I believe, how we met. Uh, His book is perfect book for right now with the energies that we are experiencing individually, collectively, all that good stuff. Uh, Paul Campbell is a pianist, organist, spiritual teacher in metaphysics, along with being a guest, artist, musician, and Catholic and Protestant churches and temples. He teaches workshops, classes in spiritual principle of thought, word, action, and allowing, being calm and centered in God in everyday life, including how to apply spiritual principles in studying music and practice. He does have a couple piano recordings out that are available called Tickling the Keys and God Whispers. He also has a book called Farmer Clark, a children's book, and his latest book with Balboa Press is called I Am Vision Book from Religious Rules to Metaphysical Principles. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Paul to the line. Welcome, Paul. I am so happy to be speaking with you. Hi, David. <laughs> I'm happy to be speaking with you, too. You know, <laughs> I, I want to I, I um, kind of introduce you to the audience as far as how did you get involved with music? 
Well, from the minute I was born, <laughs> I wanted to play piano. You know, I would be, you know, I grew up Pentecostal. And um, that's not my spirituality today, but I grew up Pentecostal. So I was in church all the time. And, and as a little boy, I would sit on the organ bench, the Hammond organ, while they were the organist was playing or sit in the piano bench with him. But I would run to the piano and finally, when I was about five years old, they got me a piano, and I started lessons when I was six years old. So oh, wow. it was something that was in me that wanted to come out. And then I remember I was maybe 14 years old and heard Virgil Fox, the famous organist, playing on the Mike Douglas show on TV. And I ran to the TV, and I'd never heard a pipe organ to that point. And I was then hooked again on another instrument, the pipe organ. So I was off and running, studying and learning, and my progression of learning. Well, it's it's beautiful, and I, I can only imagine what it sounds like hearing hearing you play live. I'm sure it's it's inspiring. And one of the things that I found inspiring about your book, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some of the things that you bring up in this book. Uh, just your journey is inspiring, and we talked about it before the show. I just really enjoy people that are heartfelt and really share their progress and their progression and how it's led to one thing and all that wonderful stuff. So I know that when some of us hear, like, I am, they they have kind of a concept of that, but in your book it's it's not a concept. You're, you're talking about something very real and very authentic. So can you talk a little bit about I Am? I could talk quite a bit about it. It was <laughs> um, it was the breaking point for me because, you know, growing up, you know, I didn't quite understand. I was an awkward child. Um, I was different. And most artists are different, you know. I'm a very <laughs> right. unique person. As an adult, I'm a unique person, but I own it today. And, you know, as I was learning, fire to be like other people, and I thought, well, I want to play like that, and if I were like that person. And so finally, you know, I got to the point where I went to college and did graduate piano work and graduate organ work and started and had a professional life the whole way through college and graduate school I was playing, but always had in the back of my mind that my uniqueness was second. I needed to be like somebody else. I needed to either play like somebody else, or if I were in that situation, I would be better. And I never really trusted my skills or what I was wanting to do or where I wanted to go or because I was always looking outside of myself to be like mm. someone else or be somewhere else. And it led me to, in the late 90s, when I quit working in the church and I walked out. I just didn't mm. know how to do it anymore. I totally quit. And out of frustration and, you know, and we medicate in many different ways, I just didn't know how to do it anymore. It wasn't about mm. playing notes. I didn't know how to do it. So I moved, I left Pittsburgh, came to Atlanta and had a very tumultuous time for a while and finally opened the piano studio and I thought at that point 
that I would settle and I would be a piano teacher for the rest of my life. I would never perform again. I would never play. I would never play in church. I would just teach piano. And that was settling because I didn't know what, how to do what I wanted to do. And then I met, started meeting people. And, you know, there are no accidents in God's world. I think where we meet people on purpose. And when I'll talk about that later. But anyhow, I met somebody, and he said, I'm going to church Sunday. And I said, well, I haven't gone to church in four years. And I had grown up going to church. I worked in churches. He said, well, this is called science of mind. It's religious science. And it was one of the biggest congregations in the United States. It was in Atlanta. And I went, and I sat in front. There were 500 people at every service, and I cried the whole way through the service. Wow. And I was hooked. I was hooked. I went back. And then I met a motivational person named Dr. Joyce Reynolds who taught motivational classes in metaphysics. And then I met someone named Munish Warji who had an ashram and I was going to science of mind, uh, motivational classes, ashram and meditating. And something started to change inside of me. And I started to heal from all that stuff because I had accumulated stuff along the way in my mind of how I thought it should be. And all of a sudden, I started changing. I started thinking differently. I started practicing differently and started this journey of healing and went back into playing in churches. And then I, you know, I have a a very good education, but I wanted to expand and had fears of playing in many places. You know, I had strictly stayed in Protestant churches. I had a fear of learning Catholic liturgy. Um, and there was no reason to, not to have it because I have a master's in sacred music. And so I've worked through that. And today I work in Catholic churches. I work in temples. I work in uh, Protestant churches. And I work through that mm. fear. But the healing process was from inside. And when I started owning me and my individuality, when they could come up to me after church like they did this morning and like they did last night after Mass and say, you have power in your music, you bring life to it, you have a uniqueness to you, that's what I wasn't owning before. And Mm. when I finally thought that I was valuable enough and what I felt inside, and I continue to practice and develop because I'm going to be 100 years old and someday doing this because, you know, and I'm going to keep developing and going. But when I finally owned that uniqueness that Paul Campbell is when I started being successful. And mm. I needed to talk about it, and that's where the book came from, because how many of us think we have to imitate to be something, and then we become miserable people? Or we have to hold on to this, and we have to have this, and we have to have that to be successful, and we have to have that, and we have to have that. And none of it's meaningful. It's just, it all comes from inside of us. All of our creativity comes from inside, and when I finally owned me, started to blossom. Since in the last 10 years, I've published two books. I just recorded another new album, which is hitting, um, going to duplication this week. It's called uh, Baroque Twisted. It's Baroque works that I've done in modern styles. I have two more books ready to go. I go to shul Friday night. I pray in Hebrew Friday. Saturday, I do Catholic Mass, and Sunday I do a Protestant church, and I've worked through all of those fears <laughs> to expand, to expand right. me. And so 
it was essential to continue teaching, whether I'm teaching piano or teaching a spiritual class, that, you know, when we believe that we can do it, we can. There's an energy out there called God or whatever you want to call it that supports us. But we often, instead of having that faith, we have something else called fear. And mm. often, too often we feed our fears instead of feeding our faith. Yeah, you, you so, talk about that in the book when you say when we have lack of faith, there's fear. Something like that, right? Exactly. And there's there are many philosophers that fear and faith cannot have cohabitate together, but you can shift it. You know, if I start to feel fear, I say to myself, why am I feeling this? Mm. It, maybe it's not going my way, but where's the opportunity? And I recently had that happen quite a bit. I had some some things happen in my life recently. Not in my life, it happened around me. And I, I stopped owning things happening to me. Things happen around me. Mm. I like that. Because if I because, you know, people can do things and whether I own their actions <laughs> or not are a different thing. And I had a lot of things happen recently that upturned just upturned my entire world in the middle of a whole bunch of things happening around me. I walked into the studio two months ago, once a week, after three years of preparing this new album, and I walked in, calm and centered, with all of this crap happening around me, and was calm and centered and recorded. And a couple times the engineer looked at me and went, wow, that that take was flawless. We don't have to do that again. And wow. it's a matter of things can happen around you, and it's we have to stop owning that stuff ha- ha- happens to us. Things happen around us. We decide whether we're going to own it or not. And things can did happen around me, but it had nothing to do with who I am. That's, so out that, of that, that is, all I of those, um, so all the things that were happening around me recently, I had to work through that propelled me into a different situation that's absolutely wonderful. But in the midst of it, I produced one of the best albums that I've ever produced. It'll be out of duplication in about three weeks, I believe. So it's a matter of keeping my perspective on, it doesn't matter what people do around me. If I decide to take ownership of what they do, then they've got me hooked. Or I don't have to take ownership of it, and I can allow it to be around me and continue creating something else. That I, I love what you're articulating now. I also love what you're bringing up as far as, I was just talking to someone today about this, about people that say, well, I'll just act it. Right? I'll just act as if. And they kind of play this part that's still not what you had talked about when, for your own discovery, their uniqueness. And it, it's something that I feel like in the in the universe right now, in the cosmos, however you want to look at it, that so many people are learning that lesson. Um, I was just thinking about when you were bringing that up, that I remember when I was in college and my director for a theater show gave me the lead part in this show. And I was coming mm-hmm. back from the library and he said to me, he said, David, uh, how's your day going? And I said, it's going pretty good. I go, I was just at the library. And he goes, what were you doing at the library? And I said, I was studying Bill Irwin, who was playing the part of Scapino on Broadway at the time, because that was the part I was going to play. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down, and he sat me down, and he said, David, 
I won't swear on the air right now, <laughs> but he said, uh, David, I didn't cast Bill Irwin to play Scapino in my production. I cast David Matthew Brown. That's <laughs> what I want to see. That's what I want to see on stage. So I don't want you to watch other people. I want to see you. And I want you to be great. I want you to be that greatness every night. And that was the first time that I realized what you were just saying now, that I wasn't owning my own uniqueness, that I wasn't owning whatever that is. And that really shifted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was a profound Mm -hmm. moment. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that shifted in me was owning, actually owning my career. Mm. You know, um, there you know there were times when I was much younger, much younger. I would say, <laughs> and I didn't say this very often. I had said this years ago. I don't have not said this years ago. I don't believe this, but I would say, when I get to that job, I'll do it differently. Well, you'll never get to that job. And people mm. look at me today and go, why do you practice two hours a day? Because I'm working on things that I may record two years from now. I'm working on things I may play next week at church. I'm working on things I might play six months from now. But this is what right. I do. And it's called alignment with what you're wanting. You can fake it, but you're not going to fake it if you don't have the skills behind you for God universe to work through. Mm-hmm. So, you know... There's, you know, I almost, say, I almost said it. amen. <laughs> yes, you know this because, you know, I, you know, they go, well, why do you practice? I go, well, do you like what I do? They go, oh, my God, you're one of the best. And I go, well, there's a reason for that because my notes are secondary to making music. Mm. I'm, not, I'm not worried about hitting the right finger because it's programmed in. I know the movements. Now I have to let go and let that energy flows through me and make music. So the mechanical part has to be first to get to the musical part to then moving people. And then there's a part where you just, and I sometimes when I sit down, no matter where or what I'm doing, and I go, if that F word comes in, fear, I go, okay, Paul, you need to just make music and let this go. I'm prepared. And then that's what that energy flows through you. And people go, why are you different? Why do you sound different than all the other people who've played here. Well, it's an energy that flows through me. I know how to channel it. You can't channel an energy through you to be powerful if you're worried about hitting, saying the right words or hitting the right notes ingrained in you. So there's my work that has to be done, and there's the energy of the universe I call God that isn't going to match. The energy of the universe is not a miracle worker. I can't do bad work and have him make me play magic on Sunday morning or Saturday night because I haven't done the correct work. There's my side of the bargain. Being prepared. Constant prepared. This is just my life. This is what I do, and I get great enjoyment out of doing it. But that's my part of the bargain. Yes. Yeah. And you know what you had brought up? earlier when you were talking about there are no accidents. And I know that that can be a difficult thing for people to hear because maybe they have a, you know, they're stuck in the problem or people are, are like you just said, allowing, you know, rather than just kind of allowing it to happen around you. Do we, have, do we have a few, yes. Do we have a yeah, few yeah. minutes Talk to tell a story? Please do. Well, I had, 
and somebody reminded me of this. I was back in Pittsburgh for two years. My mother was at the end of her life, and I went back there for a while. And, of course, you know me, I meet people all the time. And somebody reminded me that I had this picture in my mind clear back in Pittsburgh two years ago. And this picture was I was going to travel the world and play, but I was going to have a house in the mountains. I was going to have a Friday job in a temple. I was going to have a Saturday job in a Catholic church. I was going to have a Sunday job in a Protestant church. And then through the week, I would... So I came back last September to Atlanta, and the first job I got was a a Catholic job in um, Peachtree Corners of Atlanta. And although it was a nice job, um, I kind of thought I wanted to be there, but in the, my mind, I'm still seeing the mountain house, something else, and there was some angst there. So a succession of events happened at this church, and staff people started to drop because it ended up being not a healthy situation. The I was principal organist. The music director had uh, resigned. The next day the priest came to me and said, would you like to be music director and organist? And I'm wow. going, this, this is it. And there's this little thing in the back of my mind yet. There's still angst, a little angst there. I had a different vision. Right. A few days later, a few days later, he hired someone else and terminated me. And I went, of course, what's the first reaction you had? You have some anger. <laughs> and then I had to pull myself together. In the middle of all this, I worked there for another month and recorded my new album. Wow. I kept it together really well. So I was applying for things, and I applied for this job in the mountains where I currently am right now. This was several months ago. And I came on the interview, and I came into this church, and I went, holy moly, this place is off the charts. Beautiful. Big organ, piano, and a staff of music people. And so they offered me the job right away. 70 miles out of Atlanta in the mountains. So I took the job, started a week later because I was available. A week after that, the Catholic Church heard I was available. I got the job Saturday night playing the Catholic Mass. People wow. in the choir and the community is off the charts, wonderful. They started saying, well, you, you wanted a little house, didn't you? And I said, yeah, I did want a little house. And they started looking for me. And this woman in the choir said, I have this house I've been looking at for two years. And I know the person wants rid of it because he lives in another state. So she started negotiating with it. And um, within a week and a half, she had a price that was just really wonderful. And I said, but I can't come up with that money right now. She says, don't worry, I'll bankroll it. We'll get my accountant to do the loan. You pay me back to an escrow account. I'll bankroll the amount. So in four weeks, I got two jobs in a little house in the mountains, and I drive back to Atlanta on Friday to teach and go to shul. (laughs) It all happened. I get, you know, this, and that's the, we talk, I talk in the book about the law of attraction. There is no law of attraction without the law of repelling. Yes. If your vision's pulling you somewhere and you get fired or pushed out, you created it. Get over it. Beautiful. It, it, you literally do. And so, 
I, I had to take into consideration. I wasn't totally happy there, and my vision was pulling me somewhere, and it pulled me to where I wanted to be. The, the, what I wanted, you know, unfolded. And so you can't go back and blame the person that acted on my vision. One minute he's handing me a job, and the next minute it's like flipping a switch and says, nope, well, why did he change his mind? He didn't just willy-nilly do that. Now, maybe God used his craziness because maybe he is um, that kind of person. But my, no, that can't happen. But yeah. I was the impetus wanting something else. So, you know, the law of repelling, the law of repelling out, it's like a magnet. One side of the magnet pulls in and one side pushes out. You can't hold on to everything and move forward. You just can't. So I had to I had to get a reality check here real fast with myself. You know, you, you created this, Paul. You created it. So I created the wonderful. You instantly let go of what happened over there. Right. So it can happen so quickly. And I had, you know, I I had this vision of moving to the country. And the, the two churches I'm at are just fabulous. And then I realized, well, this is where all the rich people move when they're tired of the city. And this is really <laughs> an incredible place. You know, this is where the really wonderful people are who want to have a nice life. And I went, I had a fear of moving here. You know, could this be real? You know, you finally get it and you go, could it be real? That F right. word again, fear. <laughs> and I finally said, said to myself, what else do you have? You can sit here whining and complaining, which I wasn't going to do. It's it's going to happen. They want you. It's happened. Why don't you just accept it and go? And, you know, I had to make that decision and accept it on faith. And then when I did on faith, the second job came, the house came, kept rolling, 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 rolling. And then things started to erupt. You called a TV station called for a TV interview. And it's like energy was released when we finally mm. when we finally say, okay, I'm going to do this. Stop the resistance. Stop wow. resisting the thing. So I'm still learning. I'm still writing. I'm writing a few more chapters for the book. I'm going to redo it. But, you know, I think that, you know, when you or I or whoever... Um, learn something and we go through blood, sweat, and tears over learning it and finally we get to the point where we don't do the blood, sweat, and tears anymore and we just go, oh yes, that's what I need to do and go, oh, that's really what I need to do and skip all the drama in between that we need to teach people and say, well, I went through the same thing. You're not unique. Hey, tell you, cut the drama you can do this, just cut the drama and do it. That's it. I love it. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Let me ask you one last question before I let you go. If you, your five-year-old self, was in the room where you are now, what would you tell him? Oh. <laughs> Hyperventilate on that one. <laughs> yeah, right? You are loved. Wow. You are loved. <laughs> You're perfect as you are. Wow. 
It's absolutely beautiful. You hit a chord, and you hit a chord on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you have I Am Vision Book from Religious Rules to Metaphysical Principles. People can buy that where? Uh, Balboa Press through Hay House. Balboa Press. Great. Yes. And where can I get your piano recordings? Tickling the keys, God Whispers. Um, they're going to be posted on Facebook soon. There's going to be uh, Shopify, Amazon. This current album is just finishing being produced. It is called um, Baroque Twisted. Baroque meaning the Baroque era of music. Um, right. Twi- Baroque Twisted. And it will be out in about probably a month before it's on Amazon. But it'll be listed on Facebook also and um, the, the store on Facebook and other places. Beautiful. I will Absolutely keep I will keep you informed. <laughs> Please do and then post it on my Facebook account so people can buy it. Paul, I've enjoyed this conversation. Oh, yes. I've enjoyed you coming on. I mean you're just um I just love your heart, man. Keep it going and, and thank you for all the good you bring this planet. I just really appreciate you. Thank you, David. Have a good evening. You too. That was Paul Campbell joining us here on the Lion Radio. If you want to come back next Sunday, we're joined by Candy Hoff. She'll be talking about being a walk-in and what that experience is like. She wrote an incredible book. We'll be talking about that book next week. As always, thank you for joining me here on the Lion Radio. I'm your host, David Matthew Brown. If you want to get a hold of I Am Vision book from Religious Rules to Metaphysical Principles, feel free to go to Balboa Press. You can also check Paul Campbell out at, like you said, he'll be posting his album there and music and all that good stuff. And then I'll share it on my wall. So if you want to, you'll see it no matter what. We're here just to support people. They're doing great things. As always, peace and many blessings to you and your family and friends and partners, strangers, and whoever comes into your life. It's all good. It's all God 24-7. God bless. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.